Whole sports are plays. Whole sports are plays. Whole sports are plays. We're making a place, we're talking the game, get you through the days We're high in the court, they're dying in the lane Variety topics, living the same All presentation, sports information In the airways, taking the nation Sport all plays, they're working your faces Grace at the field, so tie the laces All sports all plays All right, welcome everybody. Happy New Year to everybody out there watching us on the ASAP Network. It is 2022, 2022, a very even number. Hopefully it'll be an even year for everybody. Uh, once again, Happy New Year, Tony. Happy New Year, Coach. Good to see you guys again. What's up? What's up? <clears throat> yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yes. Hope everybody hopefully had a safe new year and Hopefully this year starts out better than like pretty much 2019. I feel like 2019 just extended and I'm really hoping this is like the end of 2019 and we're going to move into something different. I'm really hoping. I'm hoping yes, that's, that's, that's a good wish for everybody. Just before we start, I want to thank coach for holding it down for me last week. Appreciate that coach. Did a great job. It was a great show. So thank you very much, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you're back. Glad you're back. Cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to host. You just want to talk, which is all good. Um, well, it, it, it wasn't a good year starting off for Antonio Brown yesterday. That seems yeah. to be the top story, a little bit more important than the Monday Night Football. So why don't we start there? And um, there's been all these theories about what happened, different conversations about what happened on the sidelines um you know coach you're you're a buccaneers fan what have you read what have you heard and what, what's your take on this whole thing to be honest with you and i know everybody keeps saying cte the, the brain and everything else if you really really sit here and you think about it some of the stuff that he's done that's what normal people do don't pay your bills mm -hmm. i can tell you a thousand people that won't pay their bills when they say they done, they quit a job, they walk off just like they walked off. So right. it's kind of like, <clears throat> in that aspect, it's that's what you get from Antonio Brown. I think one thing about Antonio Brown is that he's he's always thought about him. It's always about me, 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 me. And he never really got in trouble for it. Like, he never got – he just gets slapped on the wrist because he's, he's a great football player. He's a great wide receiver. And I think now it finally caught up to him. Because the one thing about it, regardless of the situation, what everybody says, what everybody speculates, the one person that was on his side was Tom Brady. Right. He talked them to get him in there when he went to the Patriots. <clears throat> All the stuff happened. He got suspended eight games. Guess what? He talked to them to go down there to Tampa Bay. Last year, about the old, he, they sent him because of the sentence. Last year, Tom Brady made sure he threw the ball to him so he can get his extra money. So, of course, he was going to get his money. Because right. the balls, the, like the last two touchdowns, those they were supposed to be Antonio Brown if he was playing. That was his ball. So within all saying all this, man, to be honest with you, I lost a lot of respect for him. Because one thing you don't do, you don't walk off during the game. Right. You've seen people retire at halftime and then come back out. You've seen people throw the jersey at the end of the game and said, hey, I'm done. But you never – seen anybody just walk off like that and i know i know everybody's gonna say hey it's mental health no. that's fine that's understandable and I, I truly agree with you but if you take his name out of the equation and just 
call out everything he's done wrong. He is no different from a normal person. Right. Much. And in that in that situation, you wouldn't say mental health. You just say, oh, that dude just stupid. Or he's just off. He's just crazy. Right. Well, you know, and, and it's amazing how, like, you know, his first part of his career in Pittsburgh, all pro, I think he was on – I think he made like I think he was made one of those century teams or something like that. I mean, he was he was headed to an a Hall of Fame career, and then some something went off the rails with him. You know, I mean, it, it's it's crazy to even think about. You know, have him um, have him just you know um, go off like that, especially you know having having players like uh, uh, um, what was it uh, um, the tight end uh, OJ OJ Howard came up to him. Um, Mike Evans, Mike Evans came up to him, you know, and was like, bro, you know, just hang out. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And yeah. he was just, he was just ready to go. I mean, you know, they said that he even talked to like a Jersey state trooper. I grew up up there and I know, I know guys who were troopers and th- those guys are, you know, those guys are badasses. And they were like, no, nah, man, you got to get home yourself. And he said, he just found transportation, got home himself, whatever. Um, he hasn't been officially released yet. The NFL players union and the Tampa is trying to figure out exactly what to do. I mean, obviously Tony, I mean, you know, being in the military, it, 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 this is almost like kind of going AWOL a little bit if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it is, and kind of the same. I mean, don't get me wrong. In about three months, am I going to be Antonio Brown, probably flipping people the bird as I'm leaving? Uh, more than likely, that that's probably going to happen. <laughs> um, and can people say it's probably a mental health thing? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but 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 I'm going to be 100 percent honest with y'all too. Antonio Brown as a football player is fantastic. But I, th- I think a lot of times what happens is people people almost kind of put blinders on because because we we kind of saw and I know you two gentlemen saw it in, in the group chat earlier and some people didn't. We, we were kind of having debate off about how the fact, you know, Tom Brady throws a tablet. People are like, oh, it's passion. It's this. It's that Antonio Brown does it. It's mental health. He's, you know, kind of, you know, ostracized for it. And it's like, no, can, can, can we just kind of say that Antonio Brown's kind of just an ass? Like he's just, he just, he's, he, he's not great to people. Like the only people he's ever been nice to is Tom Brady. And that's because Tom Brady invited him in his home. Tom Brady has advocated for him everywhere he's gone. And to me, do I feel bad for Antonio Brown to a point if he does have something mentally wrong with him? Yes, I do. But to a point too, he has had so many chances. He has had so many chances, more chances than I would say other people have gotten throughout the NFL. You look at Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick did it for a stand for a movement and never played another down in the NFL. He didn't get a second chance. You know, you look at uh, Vontez Perfect, because a lot of people try to are kind of trying to blame it back to him and the hit that he did at Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. You know, he got released from Cincinnati, and then he went to – he then he got a second chance in Oakland. So, I mean, Antonio Brown, for the for the simple fact that you got basically four different chances. You, you left Pittsburgh. They tried to trade you to Buffalo. You threw a fit. You said no, so you went to Oakland. You didn't want to be in Oakland anymore, so you got cut. Um, then you were able to get uh, talk to Brady. You got signed on to the Patriots, and then you got another chance for basically a full full year to year and a half with the Buccaneers, and you won a Super Bowl out of it. So to me, you know, I, it's hard for me to feel sorry for Antonio Brown doing that. Like I said, like like Coach said, you know, people people that don't pay your bills, okay, and and even in an, even in Tampa Bay, they gave him more chances than what they initially said they were going to because you think about right. when coach Jerry and signing last year, he's like, Hey, you, you get one strike and you're done. That's it. You know, he stayed, he stayed on his best behavior last year. He re-signed with the team in the off season, had the whole fake vaccination card. I don't know whatever actually came of that. I don't know if that right. was true or not. And, and then you had this. So 
to me, it's it's hard for me to really feel bad for him, and it is pretty much a wall. Um, but kind of like what Bruce Arians said at the end of the end of the uh, end of the game of the post conference show, he's like, no, he's he's no longer a Buccaneer. So I, right. I I think he's done. I think unfortunately he's played his last down in the NFL ever, um, unless somebody just really needs him. And no. Anthony has a co- question for you, Coach. Do you think he'll ever be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, he'd be a Hall of Famer just off the stats. I mean, like the thing, the thing is, like he really didn't do anything. He he had a lot of issues, but he really didn't do anything wrong. But he's always disrespected teams. Mm-hmm. Like when he got that face five million dollars for Facebook, what he do? He faced he uh what face uh Facebook Live while uh what Tomlin was talking. Right. Yep. Then he goes to Oakland. He records the conversation that him and John Gruden was having. Right. And put it on you on his YouTube show. Like majority of the stuff that he's doing, and everybody said his CT, he was making money off of this. That's what people yeah. don't realize. He's he was he was generating money, and you always say, oh, it's booming, baby. Like that's that was his thing, that was his signature. And he'll be a Hall of Fame player just off his stats. Now, is he gonna right. be a first first time ballot? Oh no, no, it's gonna be like that third or fourth time, just give mm-hmm. or take. But I say that. And then how are we going to 17 games and how how offenses are really crazy and ridiculous? You got all these young cats in here. He might not make it. Do you do you think it ends up like another TO situation? Because you look at how TO kind of treated the whole Hall of Fame thing. Like mm-hmm. he he wasn't upset, but he he still has yet to ever actually go to the ceremony, get his jacket. And he's and TO had all that off the field issues as well. So, yeah. you know, I mean, not not to this level, but he still had off the field yeah. issues, issues with the press, issues with the writers. So those are the guys who vote him in. But so, yeah, that's a good comparison. But the only I would give one thing about TO. TO ain't never quit on nobody. That's true. true. He might look, he he had beef with with uh McNabb in yeah. Philadelphia, but guess what? He still came to practice, he still went out there only until they told him not to come back anymore. Like he never quit, even with the Cowboys, with Tony Romo. He only he crying. That's my quarterback. I vouch mm-hmm. for him. Like you, that's one thing we can say about T.O. When T.O. that three out man, when you play, when you playing football, everything else, even coaching and playing, you know, three hours is about you us. And then you can tell even after the game when they scored offensively how fired up they were, because that's pretty much you just basically said. You just said F us. Like, like to do that. You didn't even, I mean, that's that's a selfish thing. And that's one thing. And it's kind of like the army in a way. It's all about loyalty. Mm -hmm. Like football is about loyalty. You got, because you got to trust the people that's beside you and behind you. Is that it's that way in the music business? I mean, in in my I have a ten piece band. I mean, it's all about loyalty, showing up, being prepared. You know, not letting other people down. It's the whole thing. A couple interesting stats about uh, Antonio Brown. He had 837 receptions in his first nine seasons, which is the second most for your first nine seasons in the NFL. He had 11,000 yard career, career. It took him 129 games to reach 11,000 receiving yards, the second fewest games in NFL history. Um, and this is an interesting stat. Brown has 100 plus receptions in six straight seasons, the longest streak, and it's still active in the NFL. So as Coach said, the numbers don't lie. The number He's got Hall of Fame numbers. But as we've learned with wide receivers, sometimes it's harder to get in, even with stats. Because there were guys that had the numbers that it took for, like guys like I'm going back to like Art Monk and guys like that who are all-time players. It took them forever to get in. So it should yeah. be an interesting debate whether Antonio Brown gets in. You know, mm-hmm. I think it'll be 
Fun to watch. If you look at all these young cats, that's gonna be broken. The records he got. Yeah. Oh, Cooper Shoot. Cup alone. I mean, yeah, you know, come on. Yeah. Hey, Cooper Cup. Hey, well, and especially hey. as the as the game changes, and especially as it becomes more offensively favored, it's harder for mm. defenses to really stop a wide receiver. Oh yeah. yeah. And like Coach said, with an eighteen game season. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, to, to think about, you know, the, the, the extra game, you know, the, the stats are obviously going to be inflated and it's going to it's going to become this era versus another era. And it's going to become that whole conversation. So it should it should be interesting to see what happens. I'm interested to see what the league is going to do right now. As, as Adam Shepard is reporting, they have not officially released him, but it'll be interesting with the players union and how they stand up for him. Well, let's move on to tonight's Monday night matchup. Huge game in Pittsburgh, not so much for playoff reasonings, even though Pittsburgh wins are still in the chase. But this is Ben Roethlisberger's last game at home. I mean, he hasn't officially announced it, but pretty much, you know, this is the last home game for him. Um, you know, I've always been, you know, not a Steelers fan, but respected the hell out of Ben Roethlisberger and his game. He's got two rings, uh, stats, definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, Tony, just talk a little bit about Ben Roethlisberger and his career and, and how you've seen him as a player. Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about it, th- this is a guy that we we've kind of seen growing up, you know, he came into probably one of the best franchises you could come into. Uh, you came into a franchise that was really looking for a quarterback ever since Terry Bradshaw had retired. Um, this is a, this was a franchise that was looking for that type of a quarterback. Um, they really got lucky when he fell to them as, as late as he did in the draft. Like nobody was like, eh, small school in Miami of Ohio and we're not really looking for for this guy to be able to do anything and and he just comes on the scene and he he kind of helps set the set the standard for some of these rookie quarterbacks to come in and break as far as like this this new era coming in um I will say I think for Ben I think for Ben the last few years is kind of to me what's what's the most sad because he 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 was he was you know, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league for years. You know, if you look at the AFC, who were, who were typically your three quarterbacks, you were almost always going to have to face. If you go into the playoffs, you were always going to have to face Peyton. you were always going to have to face Tom. you were always going to have to face Ben. Like you were facing one of the three, if not all three at some point, um, if you were another, another team's opposing quarterback. So for Ben, I think he had a fantastic career. I hate the way that it's ended. Um, you can kind of tell, you know, Ben didn't put the type of money. He didn't put the type of effort into his body. Like a lot of these other quarterbacks did to be able to play into his later years. Like Tom has like drew, like Russ, Aaron, all of them. Um, but I, I agree. I think he's going to be one of those. He's, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. You know, I think he's top five in yardage. He's top yes. five in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, he had, he has two Super Bowl wins early in his career. Um, he lost once and it was just to a really good Packers team with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, as, as far as a good career, you, you can't really ask for a better one than what Ben has had. Like I said, I just think it's sad. It's sad how his last, I would say really three years have gone. Cause ever since that elbow injury, when he, when he hurt that elbow on his throwing arm, it, he's just never been the same, unfortunately. No, definitely. Yeah. He is fifth in yards. He's uh fifth in the uh, amount of completions. He's eighth in touchdowns. So yeah, definitely, definitely Hall of Fame numbers. Um, you know, coach. So and it's interesting you were talking about his body. Um, coach, his his body, his skill set was like. I mean, if you look at him, I mean, the Steelers are known for big, tough players. You look at him. I mean, you couldn't. I couldn't see him in any other uniform but a Steeler uniform. He just pr- projects that Steeler 
toughness, you know, and, and as a coach, Mike Tomlin basically took that and ran with it and said, all right, we're going to, what, what you do, this is what we're going to build on. And that's, what's made him the hall of famer that he's going to be. Right. Yes. I mean, that's what he was. I mean, that's what he is. And that's the thing about it with his body deteriorating. And he like, like uh, Tony said, he didn't take care of his body. Here's the fact why he can't move now, but, but that's, that's what he lived by. That's what he goes by. He still form people and keep the play alive, scrambling and running and making the throws down the field. So, I mean, I, I, perfect scenario. I wish he throws for 400 yards and they win. That'd be perfect scenario. Just to get oh, out. yeah. For, 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 them, say, hey. for them to win tonight, for those terrible towels to be out for Ben, oh, it'd be huge. And it'd be great for the league, great for him, a good send off for him for sure. Um, I'm watching right now. His whole family is in the, in the, one of the uh, the uh, VIP booths at, at the stadium. So yeah, definitely be a good way to send him out. So as a uh, so I'm assuming we're all kind of rooting for him to win tonight, guys, right? Oh yeah, because I mean you think about it, Cle- Cleveland's pretty much you know eliminated out. P- Pittsburgh right. isn't mathematically. I mean more than likely they're not mm. going to make it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think for Ben, it, it's you you couldn't really ask for a better better finishing home game. I think he's like twenty four and two against the Browns, like all time. Right. Um, the the dude just absolutely obliterates his entire division. Um, and and kind of like Coach said, I would like to see him, you know, throw for like three four hundred yards. Just kind of be like, be like yeah, I may not be able to do this all the time, but when I really want to, I can still do it. Right. He, he has his moments. He definitely has his moments. Well, we'll see what happens tonight in that game. And yeah, if they win, they're still in, in the playoff hunt. I mean, they, they, they got to win and get a lot of help, but they're definitely in the hunt. Um, yesterday was definitely, let's move on to yesterday. Uh, definitely a good day in the NFL. A lot of teams clinch playoff spots, but I want to talk first about the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals or the Bungles and back and forth. They were hot and cold all year. Just when you thought they were going to start streaking, they would all of a sudden, you know, get an absent-minded loss and this and that. But yesterday, they they pull off a last-second victory against Kansas City. Um, I saw this game in a, a couple different ways. The biggest thing I saw that Kansas City had some injuries to their O line, which in the second half seemed to really damper them. And it seemed like you know Andy Reid pulled a second half, take your foot off the gas kind of thing, the way he used to in Philadelphia. Is that what you saw, Coach? Yeah. I mean, we looked under it was I think it was third and 20, 25. Mm-hmm. And he brought he, he brought zero coverage. Like it was mm-hmm. man across the board. And it's I'm like, you don't do that in third and 25. You play, you play a zone and you keep everything in front of you. I think mm-hmm. honestly, truthfully, in their mind, they were trying to see everything and try to play games and see what they can and can't do. I mean, perfect mm-hmm. example. You go back last year when Tampa paid Kansas City in Kansas City. First half. Uh, Tyreek Hill had like 300 some yards, three mm-hmm. touchdowns. Then you look at the second half, they only scored seven points, or, or they kicked, I think, six points. They kicked the field goal, and, and then they just built that on into the Super Bowl. I mean, it's you try to see what you can and can't do, and you just learn from it. Um, I because they already knew they were making the playoffs, but my, I mean, Joe Barrow, he did his thing. I, I would never take nothing away from him. He's one of the most overrated, underrated quarterbacks that i ever seen like everybody picks another quarterback over joe Burrow. i don't understand why he's continued and he's proven he puts up nice yards and every almost every game but i don't know it's weird 
No, it, it definitely it definitely is. The, Kansas City was up 28-17 yeah. at halftime and then only scored three points in the rest of the rest of the half. And it's interesting you're talking about Joe Burrow. You know, everyone's been saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers MVP or even Cooper Cup. But I think you might have to put Joe Burrow in this conversation because of what the way he's led Cincinnati, you know, being the number one choice, number one pick two years ago, them having a lousy season last year, coming off an injury, you know. Well, he should definitely win comeback player of the year coming off that injury for sure. But I think you have to put Burrow in that MVP conversation. What do you think, Tony? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. Like Coach said, you know, he he's one of those you you always pick another quarterback above Joe. And and mm-hmm. I think really for Joe, he he's winning in probably one of the. I wouldn't say the worst, but one of the kind of lower tier franchises that doesn't spend a lot of money in free agency, typically doesn't draft extremely well. Um, you know, you have Joe Burrow. He's managed to make it work with, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, Tyler Boyd, uh, defense that the ownership finally went out and paid a good amount of money to get. Um, mm-hmm. You still have Joe Mixon. And then really you have an offensive line that is not great and has not been able to help protect Joe. Um, but he's just been able to ball out and just have these fantastic numbers. So to to be able to go from really a team that I would say probably at the beginning of the season, all of us had Cincinnati probably at the bottom of the division with Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. Um, For the most part, I think most everybody had either Cleveland or Baltimore winning the division Mm -hmm. for Cincinnati to come out of nowhere and win the division. That that says a lot for Joe Burrow to be able to make that work, to be able to compete in the division and to beat some of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, they they swept the Ravens this year, and it's not like mm-hmm. they swept them like barely. They beat the brakes off of the Ravens. Oh yeah, you beat the Chiefs. You know, you beat Pittsburgh. You know, you beat you've beaten your division rivals that nobody really expected you to beat, with the exception of the Browns. And the Browns decided to be good that one game. Um, right. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, to me, I think I think Joe Burrow should definitely be up there, and that. That to me is kind of the, the the sad part about the MVP is because the MVP typically will go to a quarterback and never really goes to the actual most valuable player. Right. And then I think for him too, he's also he is competing with the comeback player of the year because um, you know look at Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's also had a a decent year. Um, I would put Joe Burrow above him as far as a comeback player goes. Um, but yeah, I think I think for him, you know, having to compete against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, from a non-quarterback perspective, you're going to have to compete against Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan right. Taylor has been the MVP for the Colts. Um, so, I mean, I, I think for him it, it's difficult, but I, I think he definitely deserves to be in the consideration for it. Oh, yeah, he definitely needs, needs to get votes. You know, And it's interesting you talked about the offensive line. Cincinnati did allow four sacks yesterday, so that is definitely something they need to work on. But, Coach, I want you to talk about rookie sensation Jamar Chase. 11 catches, 266 yards i mean you, you can only can you can only contain yeah three touchdowns you can only contain him i mean like in, in, an incredible day coach just incredible day yes but what you also got to realize jamar chase got an advantage he went he was rumored he lived kicked it with joe burrow for like what two years right so he so they've been they've been hanging out catching footballs for four years now if you really think about it Right. So they kind of had, they kind of know he Joe Barrow. Joe Barrow knows his routes. He knows when he's going to make his break. So they kind of have, and he's looking for him. You know, that's a good thing. And don't take. I'm not taking that for Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase came a long way from the moment he said, "I can't catch the football because he's a brown." He made all the stupid excuses. 
and, and don't get me wrong, he drops a lot too. I think he's he's in the top five and drops also. Right. But he's doing his thing. I, I mean, he runs. I always thought him, Jefferson, they always they, and Cup. Cup is a good, great double move guy. That Jamar, he runs great routes. He get in and out of his break, and he's a big guy. He's like six one, six two. So yeah, he gets up there. He's got height. He's got speed. There was that one play where he completely beat the coverage on the left side. And Burrow just found him right in that space, and he—I mean—he could have walked in the end zone yesterday. That one play, I remember. Remember watching that. That was that was just crazy. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with Cincinnati in the playoffs, which definitely should be interesting. Um, since Tony, you talked about Dak Prescott, let's move on to the Cowboys and Cardinals yesterday. Um, you and I spoke before off the air about the lack, the pure lack of clock management of Coach McCarthy yesterday. So um, the floor is yours to go off on Coach McCarthy. <laughs> I'm telling you, look, I've told y'all, I've told Coach, I've told everybody, Mike McCarthy, please, for the love of God, take another year off and just play Madden for like a just damn year to figure out how to do freaking clock management. That's all you got to do is just play Madden. Any 13-year-old kid can figure out how to do clock management from that. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I, I blame a lot of this purely on the coaching um, mainly because this is an undisciplined team. And I and I was actually going to compare this kind of with Kansas City as to why Kansas City kind of, for lack of better terms, shit the bucket yesterday. They're, they're undisciplined. They're, they're beyond undisciplined. You know, you look at Kansas City. Kansas City had, I think, double-digit penalties for almost 100 yards. You, you can't win a football game like that. And same with mm-hmm. Dallas. Dallas has been one of the highest penalized teams this year. And whether people want to blame the refs or not, they still get the penalty and you, you shouldn't have to put the game into the ref's hands that, that you should be able to have control over. Like you should be able to control what you can control. Arizona was doing the same thing. They were kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But to me, this, this is a team that does have the potential. You have a ball Hawk in Trayvon Diggs. Um, Coverage wise, you're going to get burned. He's going to give you like a hundred yards every game. He's going to get like two picks, but he's going to give you like a hundred yards. If you're the receiver. Um, you have an outstanding linebacker in Micah Parsons. I mean, easily defensive rookie of the year to me. Um, I don't know of any other defensive rookies that have really stood out this year other than Micah, um, even the two cornerbacks. But I think J.C. Horn is hurt, and Patrick Sertan, he hasn't been terrible, but you know he, he hasn't made as big an impact, I think, nationally as Parsons has. Um, and you have a solid wide receiver trio. Well, now duo because Gallup's hurt. Um, but to me, to me, they abandoned the run game way too quickly. I think they should have shut, they should have shut Zeke down weeks ago when he hurt his knee. They should have went and signed just a temporary running back, whether it's Todd Gurley for again, just for a few games, you only have to keep him on the roster the whole entire time, but you have Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard and Corey Clement. You've rotated between Corey Clement and Tony Pollard once. Otherwise it's just been Pollard. And we've only seen Pollard really be effective when he's not the game managing running back. Like he's effective when people aren't really expecting for him to be in and because people can't really prepare for him. And by the time you get him in there, your defense pretty much is gassed because of the short passes over the middle that Prescott's doing to, to lamb to Cooper. A lot of times to Schultz, he's doing short passes for the first down. So you're getting gassed that way. Um, But to me, a lot of this just goes back to the coaching. They're undisciplined. Like that, that's unacceptable that you've had, you know, eight, nine, 10 games with 10 plus penalties for over a hundred yards in, in penalties. That's, that's ridiculous. 
Yeah, it's and it's amazing because you know th- this Cowboy team has such potential and has been so hot and cold. I mean, l- last week, you know, they go and they dominate Washington. You know, um, they probably apparently left a lot of points on the field last week because they didn't have them for this week. You know, and still make it close. And to me, it shows two things. One, you know, it, it shows that this Cowboy team has the potential to win these games, but as you said, undisciplined. But it also shows a lot of holes in Arizona going into the playoffs for having a big lead like that and then almost blowing the lead coach. So what's your take on the other side of the ball with Arizona having a lead like that in Dallas in a ho- in a hostile environment and yet almost blowing it like that, like not, not putting the, the pedal to the metal in the second half, like again, like Kansas City didn't do? Uh, man, it's a lot of things. Tired. Like you got to realize with – you take the last two minutes with Kansas City, not Kansas, not it's not two minutes, the four minutes when Arizona had the ball. First two plays was a pass. Like, like run the ball, milk the clock a little bit, or, or throw a screen. He was trying to go vertical. So it's is but that's what you get when you get with that type of offense. When you throw the ball and you don't make catches, the, the clock stops. So now your defense has to play longer. And I, I'm with Tony. We're going to always say this, run the ball a little bit more. If they run it more, which you look at it, why not pick on on that secondary? They're, they're weak also. A lot of people was out for Arizona. Right. I think Arizona's at that point where they're just trying to survive. Kind of mm-hmm. like kind of like with Tampa Bay. We're, we, we're just trying to survive a little bit, and then let's wait to the playoffs because guess what? We're going to have everybody coming back by then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing about what Arizona wanted to do. They just didn't want to drop too far. Right. It was I said it was a must win for Arizona for simple fact of the matter. If you win next week and say the 49ers, because the 49ers still have to win. Right. If they beat the Rams, now you go back to the fourth seed at the least. So and you I'd rather take the fourth seed than having the fifth seed because then now you got to travel and play you're playing the top top teams. Yep. So it's you know, it's true. One 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 more thing I just want to talk about this game. Um is um one thing I noticed watching the game. I watched this game pretty 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 much through the whole thing. A lot of Kyler Murray is getting a lot of balls batted down, a lot of deflections. His his lack of height really showed yesterday. And um I think this is something that Arizona does. I mean, yes, they've he's the franchise, but I think it's something they do need do, do need to be concerned about come come playoff time. I mean, you know, coach, when you have a player of that height, obviously he's got to go around to the side, run the ball a little more, as you said, running the ball. But, um, you know, th- is it, this is something that they have to teach him, you know, not to get the ball deflected like that. You know, go go over the top or throw sidearm, you know. Is it, that's what you have to ha- have to, how you have to handle a quarterback like this, right? Yes. And I think – but you also you got to realize he don't have Hopkins. Hopkins least – if you notice, with, especially with Hopkins, they throw a lot of quick routes. They throw the right. slants, they throw the drags, they throw the hitch, just give mm-hmm. it out there to him or just chunk it up. At least he, he does that with Hopkins. But now that you don't have Hopkins, now you got to have guys that have to legitly run routes. They can't beat you off the break. Right. He, and, and and teams are doing what I don't understand why they weren't doing it at the beginning. They keep him in the pocket. They're not yeah. letting him run around. So they, they're saying, hey, the ends are pretty much – Attacking the quarterback's outside shoulder and saying, "Hey, you're going to stay in this pocket." Which now your windows are short because 
you when a guy throws his hands up, he's seven, seven, three, seven, four if he jumps off the ground. So all your short stuff is, is gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I, I I love when coach brings up all this te- this fo- technical football stuff that I, that I wouldn't see because I, I mean I love football, but I don't see the way the, the game the way you see it, coach Tony. You have one more thing to add. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, it, just because he's short doesn't mean that he couldn't he couldn't still potentially do really well. And I say that because you look at Doug Flutie and Drew Brees kind of even pointed oh, it out. Oh, no, don't you do that, Tony? Tony, what? he is five five. I know he's five. He is five five. <laughs> But 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 hey, you know what Doug Flutie still had to do though? He had to trust his receivers and he had to do the over the shoulder into the bat into the bread basket as far as throws. And that's what Kyler has to do. Kyler has to be able to get that chemistry with his because he is short. He's got to overcome that. So he got to put the ball a little bit more up there. And he's got to be able to trust his receivers to be able to do that too. Because like you said, when you take when you take the short passes out of the field, you take the you take the tight ends away, which tight ends are usually going to be your big dudes, and you're going to have, like you said, seven four, seven five guy jumping, swatting your passes down. Right. You got to be able to go against that. You know, he 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 needs to be able to have that chemistry with his receivers, and like I said, over the shoulder, kind of kind of like what Jamar not uh, Jamar Chase, what Joe Burrow said with Jamar Chase. F it, he's down there somewhere. I'm just going to put it up there. <laughs> oh, it's true. And one one interesting stat: Kyler Murray is nine and zero playing games at AT and T Stadium oh, yeah, in high school, between college, was. and the pros. So it does show something. All right, we're going to go to commercial, and we will be right back in about thirty seconds or so. Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. We're making a place. We're talking again, get you to the days. We're high in the court, they're dying in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentation, sports information. In the air, we're taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they're working your faces. Scratch up the field, so type the laces. All sports, all plays. All sports, all plays. We on top of our game. All sports, all plays. All sports, all plays. All right, we are back uh let's talk about new england new england qualified for the playoffs yesterday they're right now the five seed buffalo is the four and next week this coming weekend it should be interesting to see you know what happens as far as their teams new england's got a much tougher matchup in miami if you ask me we talked about buffalo's playing the jets i think i think the jets just as you saw with their debacle yesterday so it looks like buffalo might win this this division but let's talk about new england how they've come back after kind of a, a hiatus year minus brady they found their quarterback. Belichick is now running the show again and proving to everyone that maybe it is Belichick and not just Brady's skill set. So, you know, Tony, we've seen, you know, Mac Jones progress over the year. He had a little bit of an off week last week against Indianapolis, but obviously, you know, played, you know, a great game against Jacksonville, you know, a team that's definitely struggling. Um, but what do you see in general of this New England team? And, you know, can they really make some noise in the playoffs or is it, or do you think Mac Jones's rookie status might, catch them a little short this season um i think it'll catch them a little bit short because kind of kind of like what i i've said all season and and i think coach has kind of agreed with me a little bit you know out of some of the top top competition that they faced who have they really beaten they they beat the top seeded titans without a derrick henry um who has obviously struggled when they don't have aj brown and they don't have julio jones on the field as well uh they beat a chargers team that has been hot and cold all year Mm -hmm. um you beat a Bills team with like 30, 30 mile an hour wins when your quarterback only threw three passes. 
Um, but other than that, you've lost to any other team that you could consider competition. Um, and you've had to face a lot of really weak teams. Do I, do I think that New England, you should never go to New England and just immediately be like, yeah, this, this is kind of a walk off, you know, you know, we'll, we'll write this game off. We're going to look ahead. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Cause like, like I've kind of said all year, even though I'm not a big fan of Alabama quarterbacks, Mac Jones couldn't have landed in a better situation. That's going to fit his play style as far as, you know, using short slants over the middle, utilizing a lot of tight ends. They don't need a number one wide receiver. Um, they have two kind of speedsters and Aguilar and Bourne. So, I mean, they're not terrible at the wide receiver position right. and, and it's Bill Belichick. So, you know, the defense is going to be very decently coached. Matt Judon was, you know, a huge addition for them overall. Um, so I think they can make some noise. I don't think anybody should immediately, you know, write them off. Um, but depending on who they get weak uh, when they go into the playoffs, whether they're um, whether they're in charge of the AFC East or not, um, I, I think they might win one and be done. But it, like I said, it'll, it'll depend on who who has to face them if they have to go to New England or if they have to travel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If they have to travel, well, you know, I mean, they've definitely run a couple of road games this year, but obviously they're not, you know, the, the road team that you know they were with Brady. But Brady, as we all know, when they had home field advantage, it was pretty much a gimme into the playoffs. Um, coach, you know, how how do you see this New England team? You know, as far as the way they're built, the way they're running their offense, you know, from a from a coaching point of view, because you know, as again, you see things that like we don't on the field. You see matchups, you see sets. You know, are, are they? They're obviously playing into Mac Jones' skill set, but they're obviously their skill position players aren't, you know, the greatest. You know, they're not they don't have a top skill position player. So it's it's more about just using what you have and putting something together, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people is still living off that stigma of the New England Patriots. So I think that's one of the things that where if you sit there and you look and you take you take uh the quarterback. He's doing the exact same thing he did at Alabama. He managed them. He didn't have to do anything phenomenal. He's like, hey, you get open, I'm going to throw you the ball, or I'm going to run the ball. He makes – I will give him credit. He makes the right read majority mm-hmm. of the time, but he's not going to wow you with the throws or make plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you stop their running game, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And guess what? If you run the ball, they will give up the big ones. And I yeah. think that's where, like, they have a good pass rush. But when you try to run the football on them, they will give it up. They will – their deception to give up the run. I think they're in – I want to say in the 20s ranked in, in rush defense. So that's what teams are going to do. And the only matchup they fit good against is probably you want to say is Kansas City, mm-hmm. if you want to say one. Because who you play? You play the Titans again, they're going to run the ball. Because Derrick Henry, they're going to – Titans are going to do all they can to win this game. So they can keep the number one seed so they can get a bye. They know for a fact Derrick Henry will be back. Right. You say Buffalo, Buffalo owns you. They they should have won the last the 32 miles per hour win, and you they just couldn't complete a pass or kick make a field goal. Um, who else is it that I'm trying to think of? The Colts sure gonna run the ball on you. Oh, yeah. So it, it's just one of those things where you look at the team that they don't fit well against, and I and I know people are gonna say, "Well, it's Bill Jay. He's boo. He's this. He's the goat." You gotta stop living off the past. <laughs> like, exactly. They, like I think Burrow Bur- and them will give give them the business. Like oh. I just truly think that you have to. 
when you get in the playoffs, you have to put points up. We're not going to see a game where it's 7-3 or 14-3. Like, you have to probably score 21. With all the teams that are in the playoffs, you're going to have to score 28, 21, 28 points to win. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, New England is ranked 22nd, so you're absolutely right, 22nd and as far as run defense goes, which is which is not a typical Belichick team. Belichick teams are usually play better defense. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of noise New England makes. Um, let's go out to the West Coast. The Rams have finally gotten off to Schneid, kind of turned their season around. Uh, they're in first place in their division, basically win, and they win their conference. Um, it seems like they've got past you know, the Robert Woods injury. Now uh, OBJ seems to be um, – Gelling more with the offense, obviously Cooper Cup is 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 an all all star, all pro, all this, all that. You know, just get get me the ball and you know that type of thing. Um, they still seem to be struggling a little bit with their running game. You know, barely getting past Baltimore yesterday. Uh, I think that was just you know just Baltimore's injuries finally caught up with them. But um, you know, coach, this this Rams team. You know, are, are they are they a team that seems to be designed for more of that indoor game that they play at home? Or you know if they become, if they're a wild card team you know is that going to be a, a disadvantage? I mean I, I think it probably will be. I mean do, do you agree with that or? I agree with you 100. percent I think if they if they got to go travel they got if they have to travel to Denver not Denver I'm sorry Green Bay, uh, Tampa. Shoot, even if you have to travel to Dallas, it's still it's still going to be causing a lot of trouble because one thing about it is I'm not I sorry Tony not Dallas. Rounds to beat Dallas because oh, yeah, Cooper Cup do hit it. Hey, Cooper Cup hit Diggs with a double move and Diggs. Well, and, and you got to think too. When, when has Dallas ever really had home field advantage since the 1990s? They they right. haven't had home field advantage in over 20 yeah. years. Like, like but, yeah. But to answer your question, man, I, I truly believe. I think. I think the Rams' defense would be fine. The question is Matthew Stafford, right? And I think. Being in Detroit, he was hidden. There was since Detroit was like a a messed up everything about him. The, they they had, people made excuses for him. Now what? The last I want to say the last eight quarters, you know, through like six picks. Right. Like you started the game with a pick six because you didn't read it right. Like I think that's gonna be the issue. Can Matthew Stafford? Because when people stop the run, because like it's like you say when you play Tampa Bay. They're gonna stop the run. Can you throw the ball? Because now you got you got Cup and you got Odell. It, you know, and it's it's interesting. You're, you're talking about the Rams. You know, running the ball. Um, yesterday, and I just want to take a quick look at this. Where was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sony Michelle had 19 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. A decent game, but yeah, Stafford 26 of 35, which. Isn't bad, but two interceptions and two touchdowns, you know. Um, he's definitely, you know, seems to be spreading the ball out a little bit, but not as much as you like him to. Um, yeah, Tony, talk more about Matt Stafford. Obviously, you know, hidden in Detroit, as Coach said, you know, coming down to a point in his career where, you know, he was traded to win these games in January. So now it's put up or shut up time for Stafford. And when it comes down to it, you know, is, is the pressure going to get to him? You know, what do you think? I mean, I think so because you got to think this is his first offensive minded coach he's had since Jim Caldwell. And that was some of his best seasons. That was some of his best football was when Jim Caldwell was his head coach and he had a very good team built around him. Uh, kind of the same with, with the Rams. You know, the Rams have really showed that they're going all in for this Super Bowl with him. I, 
I think really it's, and not to kind of beat a dead horse, because I feel like we're just kind of repeating the same thing, but, you know, and coach may or may not agree. A lot of it is the fact that these teams don't have a balance. They abandon the run game so quickly. Like you said, 19 carries for basically 80 yards. I mean, that's not terrible, but, you know, your quarterback is still throwing the ball 35 times, and they obviously were still struggling even against a, you know, completely decimated Baltimore secondary. So, I mean, you for Stafford, he's used to having to, you know, be that guy to, you know, make those clutch situations as far as, you know, getting the ball down there, putting his team, you know, set up to set up to win. But I mean, the, the, just the overall pressure and everything that he has to do to try to ad lib, we've seen Matt Stafford had to ad lib and it either ends really well or it ends really, really bad. So to <laughs> me, I, to me, if I'm the Rams, you kind of need to protect Stafford. If I remember right, I thought I saw Cam Akers was supposedly supposed to be coming off of injured reserve here pretty soon. And Mm. you traded for Michelle. You have a good physical offensive line. I don't understand why they abandoned the run so quickly. Cause I mean, that that's really your best way to protect any good quarterback is to run the football mass. They need to, they need to kind of treat Matt Stafford as one of those. They need to treat him like a game manager. he, can he go out and can he dominate a game? Absolutely. Do the Rams need him to do that? No, because we've seen Matt Stafford. We we see with Detroit when he has to go out and dominate the game. Yeah, he'll give you four hundred yards. He'll give you four right. touchdowns, and then the Lions then the Lions lose like forty two to thirty five. Like it happens <laughs> every damn time. Like run the football. Don't don't make Matt Stafford have to do everything because that. It's really it's not fair to him because we've seen Matt Stafford too. He'll he'll put his body on the line and then he's banged up and injured. He's been banged up and injured most of this season because he's like, you know what? I'm gonna throw it down there. And yeah, he okay, you get the first down, you get the touchdown, but then your quarterback's over there, you know, having to ice his elbow. He's having to keep loose constantly. I mean, you they they have to protect Matt Stafford more, not not just from an offensive line standpoint, but just run the damn ball. Just run the ball. You're absolutely right. You know, coach, quick question. Does Sean McVay get too cute for himself sometimes and try to, to think that he's the smartest guy on the field? Well, yes and no. I think a lot of it is when you got guys like Stafford that has the arm, has the arm. Because I think even his second pick, you can see even on the sideline, McVay went off on him because he should have hit the shallow. Like right. Odell Beckham had three guys on him. And you had what's that? I don't know who the receiver or tight end coming across. Just hit the shallow cross and he's running. Like I think that's the thing with, with Stafford. He thinks he has the arm to do those things. I think McVay needs to treat him like golf. <laughs> hey, we're gonna run the ball. Like I, he got to go back to that because if McVay's offense, it's a run. It's a run first, run second offense, and he plays off the play action. Right. You know, ever since he got Stafford, you start seeing five wide. You start seeing this. Like he's going to, he's going away from what he usually do. No, definitely. There was an interesting stat I heard about the Rams yesterday. How they've had to come to like the Eastern Time Zone, and they've actually been pretty successful most of the season. So interesting. Once again, they came to the Eastern Time Zone and won yesterday. But you know, playoff time, the weather's different. It's a lot colder. If they have to come east or go to a cold weather. It's definitely going to be a challenge for this Rams team. You know, I mean, I'd like to see them do well. You know, I like this team. I like to see Stafford do well. I think he deserves it. You know, he's got he's got stats crawling into that those Hall of Fame stats. So I would I'd like to see him do well. It'd be interesting. 
All right, one more one more thing I want to talk about the NFL, and then we're going to talk real college real quick. Um, there is a winner-take-all game next Sunday night, uh, the Raiders and the Chargers for the final wild-card spot. NBC always gets that, that final game, that winner-take-all kind of game at the end of the season. Um, both teams have been very Jekyll and Hyde all year. The Raiders, you know, having lost Coach Gruden during the year, actually have a shot at the playoffs. The Chargers – Losing games, they should win. Winning games, they should lose. I mean, just been a typical Chargers season. Um, you know, I'll just give a quick little take and prediction on what what, what do you think we're going to see next Sunday night? The game's in Vegas, so that Raider Nation is going to be loud. They're going to be, you know, obnoxious. That it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like the old days back in Oakland out there, Tony. So, what do we think? Yeah, um, I'll be honest, I. I think the Raiders are really going to feed off of two things. I think they're going to feed off the fact that they beat Indy. Um, and I think all honesty, they, they beat Indy because it, it's kind of one of those, it's like a Cinderella story. Like, do you guys remember, what was it like 2006, 2007 when Brett Favre's dad passed away, it was yes. Monday night football and the guy comes out and he just balled out. I think he threw for like four touchdowns that night. He absolutely had a phenomenal game because it was, it was based off of pure raw emotion. Yes. And I, I think the Raiders did that with Indy uh, yesterday because of John Madden passing away, you know, all-time great Raiders coach, all-time great coach in NFL history as a whole. I think they're going to probably do the same thing because what what better way you beat a team you probably weren't supposed to be on the road in their own stadium in the Colts in a team that, you know, how many of you guys ever see the Raiders and you're like, oh, great run defense, and you stop Jonathan Taylor for the most part all right. game? Never. And, you know, what, what better way for them to kind of finish off the season, you know, finish, finish in a way, like you said, uh, Yoel, with all the controversy with Gruden, all the ups and downs all this year, and what better way to kind of honor John in their very last game of the season than to beat a divisional opponent in the Chargers and to at least secure the fact that they're going to go into the playoffs. Right, and that's interesting. You talk about their run defense; they hold Jonathan Taylor to 108 yards, which is the only which is a pedestrian day for Taylor. The season yeah. he's been having, so it's definitely interesting. And it's also interesting, coach, how they're doing it with an interim coach. You know, with a coaching staff that had to be you know moved around and kind of makeshift after Coach Gruden was fired. You know, um, you kind of like these players. You know, that they've had to deal with a lot of hard. You know, the, their wide receiver Henry Suggs had that horrible accident, so he's been out. Um, I mean, their their best receiver is is their tight end, you know. So they don't really have that 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 go to guy. Uh, Jacobs is a de de decent running back. Um, this Raiders team is kind of just like it almost seems like a hodgepodge, but yet they're, they're somehow making it happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And then and we see here we talk about that. I think one of the DBs he got busted today. Without yeah. Him. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. like. <laughs> They live in the American dream out there though, in Vegas, Nevada. Only in, only in Vegas, baby. Yeah, only, hey, I never understood it, boy. They is living the life. But <laughs> um, I'm kind of with Tony. Like, I think they just, they're just playing for each other. They're playing right. for the crowd. Um, San Diego, not San Diego, god dang, Chargers, they're, I mean, they're so iffy. One minute mm. they look like, look like Super Bowl champions, and then the next minute they, they look like the first pick of the draft. Right. So I'm a, I'm with you. I'm with Tony. I think I think the Raiders do it. But we say all this, man, it's a, it's only Monday. It's a long way to Sunday. Ain't no telling what COVID, right. what DUI with these ladies and everything else. 
Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I grew up a big Dan Fouts fan, so I'd kind of like to see the Chargers win, just kind of get into the get into the playoffs. I like Justin Herbert as a quarterback. I think he's good for the league. I think the NFL would rather see Justin Herbert in the playoffs, you know, because they want to they want to promote their stars and you know that and the NFL still has a thing against the Davis family and, and the Raiders, so it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday night, you know. But it should be a good game. Uh, Al Michaels will be calling that game, which will be nice because I, I just don't care for Mike Tirico as a play-by-play guy. That's just me personally. But um, it'll be nice to hear Al talk about uh, John Madden a little bit because Al and John did work together. So it'll be nice to hear some of those stories as well. And hopefully I'll get Chris Collinsworth to shut up for five minutes. So that'll be good too. <laughs> so, you know. Um, all right. Before we finish out, let's talk about the college football playoffs. It's, well, there wasn't really, no, there no, wasn't no, really no, much no, to stop, talk stop, about. Stop, It's not, not the college playoffs. It's the Alabama Invitational. It's the Alabama Invitation. Don't say the playoffs. It's the Alabama Invitation. But they invite you to come to get this butt whooping. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's basically the SEC. It's like it's like the SEC's world and the rest of college football is living in it, Coach. I mean, I mean, it looked like it was men among boys on Saturday. It was it, it was hard to watch. I watched like a little bit of each game, and I'm just like. Like second quarter, I might turn your sets off. Games are over. Yeah, but what do you, what do you expect? I mean, if you really think about it, and we sit here and we talk about Cali- we talk about just college football in general. Mm-hmm. Okay, ACC, who they have? They had Clemson for a couple of years, and that was it. Yes, huh. uh, pack pack to pack pack twelve. Where they at? They might yeah. come back now because they start getting coaches out that way. But then now, I mean, you got the Big Ten. You had Ohio State. Iowa State defensive coordinator lost his mind and couldn't he couldn't coach a snap. So of course it's gonna be an SEC all off. Michigan had their good run. I think if Michigan probably would have played two weeks after they beat Ohio State, they would have probably would have had a better chance. Mm-hmm. Right. But the simple fact of the matter, you didn't, and you had a whole month to hear how good you are, and you had to hear a whole and then you play a team that had to hear a whole month of how much they suck. Like at the beginning. Before Alabama played Georgia that game, the conference SEC championship, everybody was talking about Georgia. This is the best defensive team to ever touch the field. They're, yeah. they're state bound. I didn't even know who this D tackle was. He's a monster. He's the best D tackle that ever come through there. And then all of a sudden, they lose, and everybody put him at the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. And, you know, talking about the SEC's dominance, I mean, out of the last, from 2010 to 2020, they've won one, two, three, four, five, six. They've won seven national championships. I mean, this is, is, is this kind of conference dominance, Tony, good for college football? Or is it just, I mean, I mean, I don't think it is, but it's just showing how this one conference is so dominant that the other, other conferences maybe have one good, two decent, enough teams to maybe compete once here or there and find a hole in them. But basically the, the SEC, I mean, it, it's, it, it's like an NFL minor league system. It really is. Well, I mean, you, you have to think about it. It kind of has to be for a lot of these States because look, look at the SEC, look at, look at the SEC teams and what States they're in and look at if they have an NFL team or not. Look at Alabama. Alabama doesn't have an NFL team. So all their money, all their stuff is only going to go to their colleges same with you know Louisiana. They have the Saints, you know LSU. That's that's still big. That's still a big college football program. 
Same with Florida. Same with, you know, even South Carolina, Vanderbilt, you know, Georgia, because the Falcons, you know, ever since the Falcons in 28 to three, Georgia has just been cursed with halftime leads. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, that that's kind of the big thing is, you know, a lot of these states pour this money into here because that that's what draws them in and that's what gets them their production is just that. Um, now, I think that's also why they're going to expand the college football playoff, though, is because it's going to make it more interesting. Because because I'll be honest with you, you know, like like Coach said, it's the Alabama slash SEC Invitational. Like mm-hmm. both those games were garbage, like right. hot yeah. garbage. The only the only good one of the few good you know games. Look at the Rose Bowl. You know, Utah versus Ohio State. That was a fantastic game. Yeah. And I would, and I'd be willing to bet you if we had a college football playoffs and the winner of that got to move on that would continue to draw them even more money in. Um, so really for the SEC, it's just the amount of money that each conference and each team is willing to put in. And the SEC probably does that even better. You look at, you know, states like the big 10, you know, Michigan, Michigan has a lot of pro sports teams and then you have Michigan and you have Michigan state. And then they have you know, central Michigan. They have Eastern Michigan. Um, you have Western Michigan, even like you have teams everywhere, you know, Indiana has four college, uh, five, well, four or five college teams. Ohio has four or five. So really the SEC has consolidated their stuff to, you know, one or two schools per state, if that. And that's really all they have to worry about. But to piggyback off of him also, you got to realize too, look where all your athletes are coming from. Southern uh, states. The Southern states. You have Florida, you have Texas, you have Louisiana. I mean, and then we just, we just, adopted California because Alabama's quarterback is from California. Like, mm-hmm. so it's kind of one of those things where a lot of people, especially now SEC, how they had it all, they have it in Texas. You, you go to these schools because why go to, why go to Ohio state when you can just stay at home and you, your family can watch the games. And you know, for a fact, your family can see three games because it's all driving distance. Right. Depending on where you live in Texas. And I think that and same thing is Florida. You know you're gonna play a game in Florida. So I think that's one of the things that has SEC advantage. It used to be the Big 12, because the Big 12, Oklahoma, they own in Texas, they own Texas. Mm, yep. They own it like the state of Texas, but now AM went over, LSU's right next door. So it's like, hey, I can go play there now. Yep. No, and it's it's interesting, and I want to I want to finish with a question for each of you guys. But I just want to make this point. It's interesting how these guys are going to the Alabamas, to the Auburns, and most of them are staying because they know they're going to get playing time. They know they're going to have chances to win championships. Whereas they go to other schools, and then they're transferring because they're not playing and they want more playing time. So it's in- interesting to see what players stay. Like the Caleb Williams from Oklahoma is transferring now, you know, yep. which is because you know the coach left and whatever, and that's that's a whole the transfer portal. That's a whole conversation. But a quick question for you guys about the college about the college football playoff system, if it expands, uh, Tony, and I'm in the same question to you, Coach. How many teams do you think they should expand to? Um, I would say at least eight. Treat it treat it similar to like the NFL, um, and more than likely, that's probably what they're going to do anyway. They they're going to at least want one representative from each of the Power Five schools. So mm-hmm. you're going to want at least you know one one for the SEC, Pac-12, Big Twelve, Big Ten, and um, the ACC, right, right, right. right. Um, you're going to have at least another SEC team in there. So that's your that's your top six spots. 
And then it kind of gives it gives two other spots to either maybe another really good Big Ten team that maybe comes out or another Pac-12 team, or it gives chances, you know, for schools like Cincinnati or you know Notre Dame, because for for them that that's really the big thing is that they look at the market of what they're going to get, and that's why mm-hmm. I kind of said that you know even if hypothetically Alabama had lost to Georgia in the SEC championship, who are you really going to want to see in the playoffs? Are you are you going to want to see? Georgia versus like a Notre Dame or like an Oklahoma State, or you're going to want to see, you know, Alabama, you know, beat the crap out of somebody and then have an actual championship game against an opponent like Georgia. You know, mm-hmm. it to, to me, it's it's all about money. And it I think it would make it more interesting. And they wouldn't have to worry about, you know, letting a team like maybe Cincinnati in like, oh, well, we had to let them in because they had 13 wins. And we can't really justify letting a two win team in because people are going to lose their ever loving minds if we do. And people are going to complain. Why even have them ranked to start with anyway? So, right. Coach, what about you? Um, I'm kind of with Tony, except I don't want to. You just, I guess, you keep the ranking how you've been doing the top ten, like mm-hmm. voted like that instead of having. Because I want to see a team out of ACC. God, Lord, give us strength. That is, <laughs> uh, you can you can vouch for the Big Twelve, but I, oh, any team out of ACC, you'd be like, why are they there? But to be honest, you can go, you can go eight, you can go nine. Or you can go 10 where the one and two seed gets a bye and let everybody else play. Because then at least if you do that, that keeps it still interesting, still trying to play because you're still trying to get that one and two spot. Right. Instead of trying to have a cakewalk schedule. And now we're kind of like the NFL, not, I'm not going to say the NFL, but kind of like college basketball. You mm-hmm. wait until March Madness or close to the end to start watching the games instead of at the beginning. Right. No, that's true. It, I mean, and as what Tony said about the money, it's definitely a big thing. What, what Coach says about want to wait until the end of the year when it really matters, that's, that's another thing too. Definitely, definitely. It should be interesting to see how how quickly this does change because if Alabama, if Alabama dominates Monday, I definitely think they're going to have a conversation. If Georgia wins Monday night, then you know maybe they hold off the conversation a little bit. But once again, it's like in, it's like in basketball. It was for years. It was the Duke Invitational, and this has become, as Coach said, the Alabama Invitational. Yes, <laughs> so yes, it definitely is. is. Well, that is all the time we have for tonight. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Next week we will definitely be on before the college football championship game of Alabama and Georgia. We'll preview that. I uh, will preview the playoffs because all the NFL playoffs will be set. And uh, you never know what can happen next Monday because, you know, it's, it's black money when it comes to firing coaches. So there might be at least a couple coaching jobs up and up. So we'll definitely talk about that. So for Coach, for Tony, I am the big dog. Peace out. We will see you next week. All sports all plays. All sports all plays. All sports all plays. We're making a place. We're talking the game, get you to the days. We're high in the court, the dying in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. Off the 